Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Welcome to another episode of Sky Women. I'm so glad you're here with us today. Today, we're talking all about puberty. And this is such an exciting topic because as much as it embarrasses our girls, our moms are nervous about having these conversations or have had these conversations and feel like maybe they're spinning or they're not sure where to go next and what's too much information. And so we have the expert with us today, Dr. Trish Hutchinson. And Dr. Hutchinson is a pediatrician, nationally recognized health educator and author. She's the co-founder of Girlology. And many of you know, I have been teaching the live Girlology courses, which have been tons of fun and really wasn't anticipating doing another course until next semester, but the moms were asking for it. So we have another one coming up on April 24th. So if you're in the DFW area and you're wanting to sign up for a Girlology course for your daughter, now I think it's touted for eight to 11 year olds, but if your daughter is 12 and, and you feel like that your daughter best. And so if it's right for her, go ahead and sign up and I'll make sure that the link makes it into the show notes, but welcome Dr. Hutchinson. Welcome Trish. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk about puberty. I love puberty. We're going to go through puberty. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know that you do. You guys uh, do, you and Melissa do such a fabulous job with this. Tell us a little bit, just like a quick overview of girlology because it's so multifaceted. Yeah, so we really started as an extension of our busy clinical practices because we know puberty, periods, anxiety, anatomy, reproductive health, these aren't easy topics for families to talk about. So that's really why we created Girlology is we wanted to educate kids about their bodies and to help parents and other adults with awkward and difficult conversations. So it's kind of morphed though. We started off with live mother-daughter programs. You're one of our girlologists, which is lovely, but it's really morphed. Not even with COVID, even before COVID, we had started this digital health platform because we like to call it the mom cliff. If you think about it, moms, when they're pregnant, they get all this information. There's all information about infants and toddlers. But when your kid gets to elementary school, where the information go? I mean, it's just not out there. So we are hoping to take care of that mom cliff and have some information for parents on girls' health. Yeah, that's amazing. So you have the live courses that now are taught by providers across the nation. Yes. You also have a fabulous book. You have Girlology and Guyology. So there's actually two courses for boys and girls, correct? So we have our live program for puberty for boys and girls. And then we have a live program called Science of Reproduction. And then we have our website, which has a host of information on all girls' health. That's an annual subscription. We put new content up all the time. So it's a lot of fun. And y'all are always doing uh, such cool stuff. Like you had, was it the Tampax ad with Amy Schumer? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Melissa got to meet Amy Schumer. I'm so jealous. That was uh, an awesome (laughs) ad, but yes. But uh, the exciting news is that we have a new book coming out next month. And what it is, is the American Academy of Pediatrics approached us to help write a new puberty resource for all genders and all kids. And so it's puberty for everybody. We've got boys, girls, gender diverse, all information about puberty in it. And that's coming out next month. So we're really excited about that one. That is amazing. That's awesome. Yes, your book. Okay, so I had brought the books home in preparation for teaching girlology and I just wanted to kind of 
peruse through it and know what I would be recommending to moms and thinking, who's going to bring their eight-year-old to this class? Like, I'm going to take my eight-year-old boy to this type of class, right? Thinking he's not even asking questions. He's not the least bit curious. And lo and behold, that book went missing. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I mean, I later found it in his closet. (laughs) We don't think that our kids want to hear it, but they're naturally curious. And I think they know way more than we think they do, but they are, you're exactly right. Those books go, they disappear within the house. And it's usually like, they'll take forever. If it's a boy, they'll take forever to read the boy's book, but they'll read the girl's book in 30 minutes. (laughs) You're just so curious. So that's funny. Yeah. Well, let's hop into it. Let's talk about some top puberty questions that you probably hear a lot. And we definitely have gotten all kinds of questions now in teaching the course, but you've been doing this for for several years and you've taught many courses. So I'd love to hear your input. Let's start with how do I know if puberty has started? So the mom's curious. Moms are always curious because they want to know when to start these conversations. So girls, it's normal to start puberty anywhere between the ages of eight and 12. And the majority of girls, 85% actually start with breast buds. They get a hard knot underneath their nipple. It can be very uncomfortable. I used to get girls that would come into my office that thought they had cancer because it was on one side and not the other. Mm -hmm. And so it can be very scary to them. So it's really important for parents out there to have the conversation about what's going to happen so they know and they won't be so nervous. And then the other 15% 15% of girls actually start with pubic hair or hair on their minds. And so that is definitely the start of puberty. But even before some of those real signs happen, kids' hands and feet start to grow first. And so your third or second or fourth grader may be telling you those sneakers don't fit anymore. And it's probably true there. That's that first start of that growth spurt in puberty. So that's kind of a sign to get it going. Boys are nine to 14. They're a little bit later. And so we definitely need to have the conversation with them, but it's kind of hard to tell when boys start puberty because their testicles start to grow. So as a parent, we're not going to know, right? Unless they tell us. Well, and most of the time they're showering on their own at that point behind closed doors, right? So yeah, you got to wait for them to start asking those questions a lot of times. Yeah. So how old will my daughter be when she has her first period? Like that's the age old question, right? Dear God. Yes. (laughs) And and people are always saying we, there is some research that show that puberty is starting earlier, but really the period is not starting any earlier. Average is 12 to 12 and a half, but other indicators are, it could be one to three years after breast bud. Well, that narrows it down a lot, doesn't it? Right. Really very helpful. The other is Yes, they have this huge growth spurt right before they start their period. So it may be six months after they grow three to four inches very rapidly. That sometimes lets us know. But yeah, the average age, but it can be anywhere between nine and 16, which is a huge range, but still the average age is around 12 to 12 and a half. And so what I've been doing in the Girlology course is making a first period pack for these gals. We kind of collectively make it and talk about, well, what would we need like so that we're not caught unawares, right? And so if we're anticipating that this may happen, we don't know when it's going to happen, right? At least we have what's necessary in our bag, ready to go. And so we just did like a solid color bag that is opaque and they can put in a pair of clean panties, an individually wrapped wipe and a pad and, you know, just have what they need ready to go. That's perfect. Yes. And as parents, you also want them to 
touch pads and tampons before they start their period, because if they start their period in school and the nurse hands them one and they have no idea how to wear it, we think that they would know my own daughter. I would think she knows how to wear pads. She came down the steps uh, long. She's much older now, but had period on her pants because she had placed her pad way too far forward and not underneath her vaginal opening. And so don't take it for granted that your kids will know how to use these products, please go to a packing party or find some or go to Target Walmart and open up some of these things when you get home. Yeah, yeah. That's what I love about a live class because they actually get to see tampons, touch tampons and pads and how do we put them on and guess who's wearing the pad? (laughs) To know that like, everyone's not going to know or see that you're wearing feminine hygiene products. So. Yeah, they, they come in like so nervous before the class, but all our girlologists do such a great job that they're actually slinging tampons over their head by the time they leave. <laughs> yeah. They're so excited and comfortable. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen that. Yeah. It's really fun to see the transition. So girls come in really scared, nervous, hiding behind a friend's back or in their hoodie or whatever. And somewhere midway in the class, there's this shift where they're all of a sudden confident and curious and asking those questions and really feeling empowered. So yeah, y'all done a stellar job putting it together. Thank you. I actually had a pediatrician with me at the last class who had been to another puberty class and she said that she loved this one hands down. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I always love that. Thank you. Thank you. been a labor of love. Our husbands call it our hobby. So we're slowly, it has just been a lot of fun, but the website and the app has been a lot of fun too, just to provide more girls help than just puberty education. Yeah. That's so. amazing. Okay. So next question, will yes. my daughter grow taller after she starts her period? A lot of people think they won't. That's a huge myth out there. But what's interesting is I mentioned hands and feet. Those grow first. And then the biggest growth spurt is when their legs and their arms are growing. That's when they look like a giraffe and their center of gravity is off and they're very clumsy. And then they start their period. And the last part to grow is their trunk. And we usually say they will grow one to three inches after they start their period, depending on the age of when they start their period. So yes, they still will grow after they start their period. Okay. All right. So let's talk about that first Ebigen visit because I have some big opinions about this and I've gotten some (laughs) pushback from pediatricians who are Mm -hmm. like, we can handle that. And some pediatricians probably could, but the American College of Ebigen recommends that the first Ebigen appointment happen between the ages of 13 and 15. And what I always want to make sure that we kind of let parents know is that it's really about developing a relationship with a gynecologist should they have any issues, answer questions, answer concerns, because majority of the time it does not require an exam. It's more of a talking visit. Right, right. This is a point of contingency because we all know that not all pediatricians can handle these topics, but we also know there are a lot of OBGYNs that can't handle the topic. So you, I think every community needs to find good resources for these adolescent patients, because you're exactly right. Pediatrics is up to the age of 21. And so they should be comfortable having these conversations, but you have to include the confidentiality. You have to know about STIs, birth control, some things that pediatricians are like, ah, I want to deal with babies. I don't want to deal with teenagers. And so or if it's the, the pediatrician is the man across the street, you probably do want to go to an OBGYN. But then you also have to find someone young and hip that loves adolescence that's an OBGYN to work out as well. So 
I agree. It's a relationship. It's a confidential. It's a place where they can start advocate for their own health care as they get older. But I think this is a great question to ask your daughter. Are you comfortable with the pediatrician? Are they spending time alone with their pediatrician to start establishing that relationship? And if not, then definitely. I think they definitely need to see an OBGYN to have these more intense conversations, confidential, important conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I love the motto of Girlology. I love the the catch line for Girlology, fear less, no more. Yes. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, you know, we want kids to understand what's ahead because if they understand the body changes that are happening, then they face it with so much more confidence and they experience less anxiety. And so that's what we're trying to do is to educate kids to understand what's ahead. And we want them to fear less and to know more. I mean, it's exactly what our whole, what you said, our motto and our tagline is for girls. Yeah, I love it. So what has been the most surprising thing for you in forming Girlology and creating these different platforms, whether it's live or you have your online, now you have the app. What's been most surprising for you? I think girls' reaction to the information. And we've seen everything from laughing hysterically because they can't handle it. I'm sure you've seen some of these in your program talking constantly. We've had someone pass out. We've had somebody vomit. We've had, I mean, every reaction. And I think it's really important for parents to understand how their kids are going to react to this material. Some live programs are better for it, but others, it's better to be at home and the privacy of your own comfort of your own couch and hanging out and talking about some of these things, but reactions that kids have to the information. Some we hear from parents all the time that just say they put their head in the sand and hand up and I don't want to hear any of this. And, And that's hard if you have a child that is resistant. Now, what we've learned in our programs is that the earlier you have these conversations, the more excited the kids are. We're talking about breast buds in our class and, and you catch these girls before a breast bud, they're looking down their shirt. They're trying to see if they have one. They're yeah. so excited. But if they're in the throes of puberty, then they're usually mortified to be talking about it. So I do think the earlier we as physicians, as parents, as caregivers, that we can have this conversation, much better off they'll be. Agree. And I think that having a parent come with the daughter is fabulous because you each know what you've learned that day, right? And you can go home and continue these conversations. Actually, that whole process was actually very selfish because Melissa and I, when we started these programs, we live in small suburbia in South Carolina. And we knew that if we taught these kids this information, we would get phone calls constantly from the moms. What'd you tell your kids? What'd you tell your kids? So we said, all right, moms come too. We only have to have this conversation once. And what we saw in that first program many, many years ago is that moms and girls were leaning in on each other. It was like the most amazing time for moms and daughters to connect. And we're like, this is amazing. This is definitely, Mm -hmm. so our information, puberty information is everywhere, but a lot of girlology is all about the experience and connecting with your daughter with this information. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I love it. I feel like that the moms love to see that transformation in their daughters as well. And so it's really a fun class. Okay. So what's a fun puberty fact that you feel like maybe raises that gets girls riled up in class. (laughs) They always get nervous about, if they don't already have a breast bud, they get nervous about breasts, but we get so many questions about breasts. Breasts seem to be like big concern. How big are they going to get? And and what we always try to tell kids is breasts are not decoration. They are there for a purpose. They're able to feed babies. So Mm -hmm. that's always fun to talk about that. 
they always get nervous about periods, but once we talk about it and show them actual how much, they all think that periods are just going to turn on like a faucet. But if you just let them yeah. know that it trickles out slowly, that it is okay. Because I really think they're like, oh my God, they're going to turn on a faucet and this blood's just going to flush out. No, no, no. <laughs> and another one we talk about that sometimes the moms actually is just normalizing vaginal discharge. I mean, right. kids start that very early, same as the estrogen bringing on the breast buds goes to the vagina and causes vaginal discharge. And a lot of parents get a little uncomfortable about this, but girls are also uncomfortable when they see this new stuff in their underwear, but letting them know it's normal and how to handle it if they want to handle it is really, really important as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that is something that is surprising to them and that it can stain their underwear yes. or change the color of their underwear because it's yes. acidic. Yeah. I think the last class I taught, I got asked many times, why do you have so many vulva puppets? <laughs> well, like, so that by I a child or a parent? Who asked by, you that? By the children, yeah. yeah. But I'm like, because I want you to know that vulvas come in all different shapes and sizes, right? And colors. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. And, and girls need to understand that their vulva does transition. We don't have to go into all the details, but I think that's really important for them to understand that that part of their body changes too. So yeah, absolutely. So what are your tips for girls preparing for their first GYN visit? Like how do you make that transition for girls being a pediatrician, sending them to the gynecologist? Well, I will honestly say I take care of a lot of the patients myself, so I don't transfer a lot to a gynecologist. But the main thing is just to, to just talk about the importance of confidentiality. Everything that you talk to me or the OBGYN about, we don't go tell your parents unless... We're worried about your safety or somebody else's safety. And once they know that you're not going to go blab to their parents that you've, you, what you've learned about them, it's just a little bit of an ease. We also want to let them know that they're going to be by themselves with the physician in the room, not with mom there the whole time. I think that's really important for them to understand. And what you said earlier is an exam isn't always warranted. So you don't have to be so nervous about that. But that pelvic exam just freaks girls out at a young age. And that's what they yeah. think they're going to have. And they don't understand the difference between a pelvic and a pap either. Right. You have right. to have a pelvic to have a pap. Right. Right. <laughs> right. It's, it's confusing. Right. So it's a lot of time just talking with them, letting them know what the exam is going to be like if they need an exam and confidentiality and privacy. I think all those things are really, really important. Yeah. Awesome. I think so too. And I think that us setting up the expectations for parents as well, if they do need yes. to visit the OB-GYN, I always tell my parents of teens to be comfortable sitting in the waiting room because they're going to have some time after the history is taken that they're going to sit in the waiting room so that that patient knows that she has my full attention and she has that confidentiality to get any of her questions answered. I did have one mom get very angry at me when I sent her out with a 13 year old. And I had to describe that we're on the same team. We're not against each other, right? We're on the same team. And so yeah. I'm always curious about what parents are nervous that we're going to talk about. We're just talking about their health. And if they have some risk-taking behaviors and mom doesn't know about it, trust us, we're going to do the best we can to help them make healthy decisions. Right. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay. So let's talk a little bit about hygiene, vulva hygiene, well, yes. hygiene in general, I think, because <laughs> there's that transition somewhere in third grade where we just, stink. Comes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They start to stink. <laughs> and it's because a new type of sweat gland wakes up in puberty and it starts putting oil out on their skin. And so when you mix this oil with natural bacteria, the bacteria likes to, to eat the oils and then they 
we say that bacteria farts and that's what makes the smell, but it is, it's a byproduct of bacteria eating the oils. And so it happens in the armpits and it can happen in the privates. And we, pits and privates need to be washed daily once you start going through puberty. It's just really, really important. And with, you know, and water. Yeah. (laughs) Soap where there's hair, water only in there is what we say. Yeah. So it's very important because, and we explained that when you cook with oil and you put your hand underneath water, what happens? Nothing. So you have to use soap to get rid of that oily substance from that new sweat gland that wakes up with puberty. So hygiene is very important. Perfect. <laughs> and the vulva really just needs, like you said, soap on the hair and only water really and to kind of rinse. Yes. Yeah. The yes. labia. And also, you know, those feminine hygiene products and all, I mean, I cannot stand that aisle in the store. Don't waste your money, mamas. Vaginas are not supposed to smell like a flower garden. Yes. Most likely going to mess up the pH of the vagina and lead to more problems and more concerns and really need to see the gynecologist at that point. <laughs> yes. And, and I need to hit a repeat button on purpose for your pubic hair. I think so many girls see older siblings, moms, other people that completely remove it. But pubic hair does have a purpose. And I think that's really important for kids to understand as well. Okay. So tell everybody what its purpose is. Okay. So pubic hair actually helps with friction from clothes, underwear, anything. It also helps wick the vaginal discharge away because the vaginal discharge has a different pH than the skin, acidic. And so girls can get awful rashes and irritation if they remove all their pubic hair. And I'm in college health in my clinical practice. And I don't remember the last time I saw a vulva that had pubic hair on it. And so the vaginal discharge has nowhere to go then. So they always complain about that as well. Then we're like, why do I have all this vaginal discharge? But I think it's important conversation for parents to have with their kids because they're going to see many older people that don't have it. Mm-hmm. But it's natural to have it. Natural. It's, natural to have it's a it. personal choice. If you it's, decide yeah. that's fine, it's a personal choice. Yeah. We always say trim it, don't remove it completely. But yes. 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 Okay. How do we always get there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's part of it. That's part of puberty. That's part of part of uh, growing up. And I think that when girls are curious about it, they want to know. And so we definitely have to address all of these issues, even if they are cringeworthy (laughs) for some girls. (laughs) But I, so I think that what is really unique about what Girlology does is just creating a space for girls to be vulnerable and open and really learn the information that they need to know about their body. Yeah, I love it. It's been a strong passion to talk about puberty with these kids. My as a pediatrician, my mission is for girls and boys to feel more comfortable about their bodies, take the shame and embarrassment out and have open conversations. It's really, really important. And I have to throw this in there. Please, please, please use correct anatomical terms, parents. It is so important. So you can start this when they're toddlers. They're te- they know their eyes, ears, nose, mouth, vulva, penis, testicles, scrotum, all those words are just really, really important. And it's sexual abuse prevention because while you're teaching proper anatomical terms, you can also be teaching what's private. And that is just so, so important and valuable information. When you use those other words, it puts a lot of that they're dirty or gross parts of their body. And we should never have our kids think that about those body parts. Right, right. Or that we can't really talk about it. Right. Yes. Agree. And I, I think that my kids may embarrass some people because we do use all the things. We were at a birthday party and my son was like, 
telling the other kid, you cannot have a baby in your tummy. You don't even have a uterus. (laughs) (laughs) I remember my oldest, we were at some restaurant and she turned around and told the waiter, my daddy has a penis. And I was, he was like this. I'm like, well, at least she didn't say small penis. It is important. And I know parents have trouble with that. And you might have to practice. You might have to look in the mirror and say, you know, penis, just practice it. It gets easier. Uh, Just that it's normal. Like it's normal conversation. Yes. 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 I mean, I say vagina, like past the butter, like (laughs) it just is part of of my vernacular. I think that's part of the the success of the program is that we get healthcare professionals that lead these programs that are girlologists and gyologists, and you're comfortable with the words and the parents appreciate sitting in the audience and you're not squirming when you say it, it just comes out of the mouth naturally. And the kids hear it naturally. So I appreciate all those healthcare providers out there, including yourself that are helping to spread the word with our programs. Yes. Yeah. And I think just opening, helping parents to open the conversation and understand that this is not a one and done, that this is going to be a continued conversation throughout many years as they transition, right? It really doesn't happen overnight. It takes about five years. So you can't check off the box. I had that conversation. No, we've got to be lots of conversations. Yeah. Oh, so we have got to talk about moods. Oh, moods. I mean, moods are huge as we go through puberty. And yes. I know a lot of moms, especially around periods, they're just like beside themselves. She's a different creature. I think it's important for us to talk about kids having moods as they go through all of these changes. Yes. And you know, mood swings are, are a huge part of puberty, but what we have to realize, everybody wants to blame them on the puberty hormones, but there's a lot more involved. Yes. It's new puberty hormones that are circulating through the brain. Yes. The brain is a major construction zone as you go through puberty as well. It's morphing into something more adult-like as well. And then kids are just experiencing their body changes. They're seeing other people on social media. I mean, there's so much that involves. So please, whatever you do, don't just blame puberty puberty mood swings on those hormones because there's so much more to play. But with the menstrual cycle, we all know that two weeks before they have a drop in progesterone, one of the hormones, and it can make girls a little more moody or depressed or anxious. There's a lot of different things that can come to play with that. And we think that awareness is so important in tracking periods. So if you know your period's happening in two weeks, then maybe you take a little more self-care. Maybe you eat more nutritious foods. Maybe you make sure you get enough sleep, but hopefully with awareness, girls will be able to uh, prepare themselves by the period products they need before they start their period. I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe a little more patience and understanding. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we yeah. all need that. Yeah. Don't we? Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a lot of fun and I love bringing awareness to puberty. And I think the more we talk about it, the more comfortable parents are even and engaging in these conversations with their kids, which then empowers them, the the kids to kind of own what's going on with their body. And the more they know, the less they're scared of it. So I think that's great. Absolutely. And parents, unpack your bags before you have the puberty conversation with your kids. You might have had a terrible experience, something negative about your body. You want to have this conversation excited, normalize normal, and just run with it. Just unpack any negative thoughts or feelings you may have about your own education before you talk to your kids. Oh, that's a really important point because so many of us got a really poor education. Yes, or none at all. (laughs) Yes. Oh, 100%. I love that advice. And I think that whenever I went through puberty education, it was too late in my opinion. 
was like middle of seventh grade. Absolutely too late. And the school, that's why you can't count on schools these days because they're still teaching puberty in the sixth grade. It's too late. So we've definitely, we got to jump in there a little bit earlier. Yeah. Awesome. Well, the work that Girlology do is doing is amazing. And we will be sure to share in the show notes links to how to access your program, your website, et cetera. And they can also follow Girlology on Instagram and Facebook, correct? Absolutely. Yes, please. We okay. have lots of myth-busting information out there for them as well. <laughs> I love it. Yes. And it's easy bite-sized information. So it's not like they can pick and choose what's yes. appropriate for them at this time. So perfect. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Hutchison. This has been such a pleasure. I love your work. I've been a fan for a long time and I'm happy to be a part of the Girlology community. Great. Thank you. This was a fun conversation. (laughs) All right, Sky community. Thank you for listening to another episode. This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified OB-GYN with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period. Every pregnant person deserves this, and we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website, as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.